millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. We have a special privilege today. We are going to talk with a gospel worker in the nation of Turkey uh, who is going through a challenge right now. And we're going to explain that. We're going to invite you to pray uh, specifically about her situation. Her name is Joy Subashe Guler, and I am uh, I'm working on my Turkish, but she moved to Turkey as a single woman 10 years ago. She met her husband there, got married. Today she is a pastor's wife. She's a mother of three children, age four and younger, so she is busy. Joy, thank you, and welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. It is a privilege and honor to be here. Well, I want to talk in a minute about how you have become, as again, a pastor's wife and a mother of three young children, you have now become a threat to national security in Turkey, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want to start out at kind of the beginning of the story. How did God call you to serve him overseas and then specifically to serve him in the nation of Turkey? Sure. So I had the privilege of growing up in a large Christian family. Growing up, I read a lot of books about Christian heroes. And I also received VOM's magazines and was praying over the people mentioned there. As a teenager, God showed me that he was going to use me overseas in various ways. When I was 18, I was really praying and seeking the Lord. What should I do? Should I go to university? What plan do you have for me? And as I was praying, I read some information about Turkey, about Turkey being the largest unreached people group in the whole world. I kept on reading, but it was like the Holy Spirit checked me and said, you're going to work with them. So over the next 10 years, God confirmed it to me over and over again that I was supposed to go to Turkey and that he was preparing me for that. During those 10 years, I made three trips to Turkey, and so I got to understand the culture a little bit more. I got to understand uh, some of the language, and that helped a lot, just confirmation after confirmation that God had prepared me to go to that country. I, I love the nation of Turkey. I, I, too, have had the chance to visit. I've not lived there, but it is a, a fabulous country, and I uh, it has so much biblical history. I always encourage Christians, you should go to Turkey. When you finally moved to Turkey, though, it was not too long after three Christians in Turkey had been killed for their faith in Christ and for their gospel work. Did did that give you pause? Or did, did you kind of think, wait a minute, this could be dangerous? Or, or how did you kind of process, hey, I'm going to this country I know it's a Muslim nation. I know it's a place where Christians could be killed and and have recently been killed. How did you work through that? I firmly believe that the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. And I knew without any doubt that that was God's will for me to be there. 
I was aware of the risks. I am aware of the risks of what could happen. But at the same time, I know that God is with me all the time. I knew that very strongly and that he would be glorified, that everything would be okay in the end. He is the winner. He definitely is the winner. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Joy Subasha Guler. She is a gospel worker living in the country of Turkey. She has now been declared a, a threat to national security there, which we'll get to in just a minute. Joy, I want to talk first, though, a little bit about your husband, because uh, he was born in a Muslim family. Uh, today, he is the bivocational pastor of a Christian church. That's quite a transformation. Can you share a little bit of his story? Absolutely, with pleasure. My husband was born in a very conservative town in eastern Turkey. He grew up surrounded by very uh, conservative Muslim neighbors. His family, his childhood life was good. Uh, he had a good family. Uh, they had a good economic status. But he noticed that he was unhappy so he looked around and he thought, why am I unhappy? It must be because I don't do the things that I'm supposed to do in relationship with God. I don't pray five times a day. I don't fast. And so he started praying. He started uh, fasting. He started going to Quran school. And this is in his childhood. And as time went on, he realized, I'm still unhappy. This isn't working for me. So he started actually hating God. He decided to move to Ankara, where we live now. And he was very successful, actually, in his business life and doing uh, in different jobs. He was economically successful, but he was still very unhappy. Well, one day he heard a woman's testimony on the radio of how she became a believer. And he thought, that sounds just like my story, but she became a Christian. And so he started diligently researching Christianity, which led him to requesting a Bible, which led him to contacting with a local gospel worker and sitting down with him. And the local worker patiently answered his questions. The first time he went to a local Christian fellowship, he saw that everybody was happy. They would come up and they would hug him. He couldn't believe that it was real, that people were that happy. And so he visited different local Christian fellowships and he found that everybody was happy. So he said, okay, this is real. As he was continuing in this process, he noticed that all of a sudden he was happy and he couldn't explain it. Then later, he, one day, he was walking in a forest, and he just thought, all my life, I've been working, looking for happiness. So I, actually, I've been looking for God. But I was looking at the wrong address. This is the right address. And so there in that forest, he gave his heart to Jesus. He went that evening to tell the person who first shared with him about Jesus, of his decision. And he and his wife were so overjoyed to hear that. The joy that he saw on their faces inspired him to do the same thing. He wanted to tell other people about Jesus too. So how long of a process was that from uh, sort of starting the inquiries, receiving a Bible, 
to the point where he said, I, this is real, I believe this? It was a few months. Once that happened, how was that received by his family, by his coworker, by Muslims around who said, wait a minute, you're a Christian now? What, what happened to you? Well, he lost practically all of his friends. He fought frequently with his mom for about a year until she fin- they just finally stopped fighting. And now they have a working relationship. So it, it was certainly a costly decision. Definitely. But for him, it was worth it. The joy that he found in Jesus was worth all of the cost that he experienced. Amen. So today he is a church leader. Can you talk a little bit about his church and, you know, how big is it? Is it primarily Muslim converts? Has the church experienced pressure or persecution? Yes, the church is primarily Muslim converts. The church itself has not experienced persecution. We have experienced a lot of favor, actually, from the local government officials. In fact, at one point we were doing a renovation and making a lot of noise, and we didn't know we were supposed to get prior approval for this. So the city officials came, and they were going to write us a big fine, but they heard that this place was going to be a church. So they said we can't do anything, and they let it go. So thankfully, we have been very, very blessed. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Joy Subasha Guler. She is a gospel worker living in Turkey, the wife of a Turkish pastor there. Joy, over the years that you've been in Turkey, have you had any trouble with the authorities? I mean, we just talked about the church has favor. Have you personally, before the the sort of current challenge that you're going through, have you been, you know, questioned by the police or questioned by immigration authorities or, or had anything that really pointed to this current challenge that you're going through? No, I have no history of this kind of persecution, no history of this kind of questioning. My ministry style is not bold and flashy. I work more through relationships with people. I don't do street preaching. So I haven't really done anything that would cause the authorities to question me. So you've lived in Turkey for 10 years. Uh, what, what kind of have you thought as you have seen Turkey's attitude towards foreign Christians change? Or, or maybe has it changed? I think, you know, our listeners know we had Andrew Brunson here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We know about Andrew Brunson being in jail for two years. We know about that challenge. We've also had an interview with David Bile, who has had his visa revoked and been forced to leave Turkey. Now, he was very out front. He was doing, you know, street evangelism and things like that. Have you sort of seen this attitude change? Have you worried about pressure or persecution coming? You know, kind of talk through what you've seen change in Turkey over the last 10 years as it relates specifically to Christians. I've seen the media change, putting more focus on Christians and a more negative spin. As far as the actual people, I haven't noticed much of a difference. But of course, the general population is quite influenced by the media. So when you say the media has changed, how how do they portray Christianity? Do they portray it as a like an invading force coming in to to take over or, or how 
talk a little bit more about how you've seen it change. Well, before the Andrew Brunson case, it was largely silent regarding to Christianity. Many years ago, there was a lot of talk about Christian workers in Turkey, but then it kind of fell silent. And then with the Andrew Brunson case and all of the theories and accusations that they made, it was the start of a more negative spin on Christianity. So how did you find out that you have been labeled a threat to national security in Turkey? Again, as a, as a wife, as a mother of three small children, how did you learn that suddenly you, you're now a threat to national security? I applied to renew my residence permit. At the end of that process, we sat down with the immigration authority and he gave us a document saying that my uh, residency had been rejected. My husband happened to see on the file on his desk that it was because of national security concerns. You've been in your file now, you have this N82 code. What does that mean? And is there any way to change that? Well, it means that it identifies me as a threat to national security and public order. And with this code, I cannot get residency in Turkey and I cannot enter Turkey because to enter Turkey, I have to get special permission and this special permission is not granted. If you leave the country now, the likelihood is they're not going to let you back in. It would be a miracle if they did. So how have you processed that in, in your own heart and in your own mind, thinking, wait a minute, I've lived here for 10 years. Uh, my husband is a Turkish. My children are Turkish. How have you kind of worked through that? I've chosen to be grateful to think about the privilege of living in this great country for 10 years. I don't take that for granted. It's been a wonderful 10 years of my life. My husband is willing to go wherever God leads us. We do not want to leave his family. We want to stay in Turkey, but we know that all of this is in God's control. So we are trusting him. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Joy Subashiguler. She has been declared a, a threat to national security in Turkey. She's been given a code in her file, which means they're going to cancel her visa. They're going to cancel her residency permit. Joy, this is not sort of an isolated incident. This has happened to a number of foreign Christians over the last year. More than 30 foreign Christians have gone through this process. They have you know, try to get their renewal and they've been told, hey, sorry, we, we can't do that. Why do you think that is? Or, or why do you think this is happening right now where foreign Christians are sort of being made to feel unwelcome in Turkey? There seems to be an important shift in Turkey right now. There is a shift more towards the Islamic way of doing things. And this shift involves what appears to be the systematic removal of Christian workers in Turkey, unfortunately. The Turkish church is largely dependent right now on foreign Christians in their leadership roles. And the Turkish government knows that pulling the foreigners out will significantly impact the local Turkish church. Let's talk about that that impact. What will happen to your family? What will happen to your husband's ministry 
if this decision is upheld and and you do in fact have to leave Turkey? If I have to leave, obviously my family will leave with me. Thankfully, I have a wonderful, strong, godly family that loves me very much. So they will come with me. For our ministry, uh, it will be a huge change for our church. Definitely. We are trying to think ahead about how to prepare for our leaving, but it will impact them significantly. And again, you have said all of your ministry, you've tried to be very upfront and, and open. Hey, here's what we're doing. We want to do it the legal way. You've now gone to court to say, I want to appeal this decision. I want to get a different decision. What's happening on your case and, and what are the next steps? What's happening on our case is what's happening on everybody's case, the people in different and similar situations. We are... Uh, waiting for the judge to give the f decision about whether or not I can stay during the judicial process. Uh, so far, everything is going as normal. Everything is being rejected. So how, how long is that judicial process likely to take before you get a final decision? I know when we had David Bile here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, uh, he was months into it and still had months to go. Is that what you expect, too, that it will take a while? For the first judge's ruling, we are expecting that any day now. It could take up to two months. But, of course, we plan to appeal the decision if it is negative. So the whole appeals process could probably take four or five years. Wow. And so the decision on whether you can live there during that court proceedings uh, that's a very significant one because that means you get to stay, like you say, it could be four or five years versus, hey, you need to get out of the country right now. Absolutely. I want to talk about, and I really appreciate the fact that you said in the course of this, you have focused on being thankful and the things that you have been have to be thankful for. But have there been some ways that God has really ministered to you in the midst of this? Are, are there, you know, maybe passages of Scripture that he has drawn you to or special blessings or special people he has sent your way? Have you found blessings in, in the midst of this, what, what we would call really a challenging situation? Many, many people are praying for us, and we just really feel that my husband and I have an incredible sense of peace through all of this. There are those times when we are unsure and we start looking around at the waves like Peter did. But underlying it, there is this strong sense of peace that we are right where God wants us to be and that he will show us the way that everything will be okay. God has used many different people to encourage us as well as different verses, I want to share especially Psalm 46, uh, words from Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And also verses from Psalm 91 have been a great comfort to me. How, how has your prayer life, or maybe the first question, has your prayer life changed at all through this season of challenge or and if so how has it changed yes it has changed in this season i am motivated to pray more about the specifics and so it's definitely received a boost in that area also a greater faith 
I feel like God has just really given us extra faith during this time of challenge. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Joy Subashigulare. She has uh, been declared a threat to national security in Turkey. She is in the process of appealing the decision to not renew her residency there. They are in the court process right now. And as she has said, uh, expecting a ruling literally any day now. I want to encourage you to pray. And Joy, we always try to equip our listeners to pray for the nations and for the people that we talk to here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I want you to coach us in how we can pray. And first, specifically for you and for your family and your church there and this court process, what are specific ways we can pray with regard to that? We want to stay in Turkey. That is our desire. So we are praying for a miracle that I will be allowed to stay in Turkey. We also ask for wisdom in making good decisions during this process. We want to do God's will and we want to do what is best for our children. And also for our children that God would help them experience his peace. They're very young right now, but in all the stress, they are affected. So that God would help them and be very close to them. For our church, that God would raise up leaders in the church, that God would give us wisdom in training them. And then I want to ask you the last question. How do we pray for the nation of Turkey? We've talked a little bit about some of the challenges there. We've talked about uh, the foreign Christians finding that they're not as welcome as they used to be. How do we pray for the nation of Turkey during this particular season in history? Three things come to mind. The first is for awakening, a spiritual awakening in Turkey. The second one would be an end to the systematic deportation of Christian workers. And the third would be uh, the rising up of Christian Turkish leaders within the church. Those are great and very specific prayer requests, and I'm very thankful for that. We have a lot of listeners who are prayer warriors and will be lifting you up, lifting up the nation of Turkey, especially this week, and especially as you await that court hearing and the decision from the judge. Joy, thank you so much for your faithfulness, and thank you for sharing with us here on Voices of Martyrs Radio what's happening with your case and your situation in Turkey right now. Thank you, Todd. It's been a blessing and a pleasure. And I want to say thank you to Voice of the Martyrs for standing with us. It is a blessing. Thank you to all of you who are praying for us. We really appreciate you. You are part of this struggle and part of the growing of God's church in Turkey through your prayers. Absolutely. And and I love the fact that uh, in your home growing up, the Voice of the Martyrs magazine was a part of your family and a part of how God began to shape you and and lead you in this direction of of gospel service. So uh, we are thankful for you and we're thankful that that we do get to be a, a part of encouraging you and a part of raising up people to pray for you. Joy, thanks for being our guests on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more 
a tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.